Hello, and welcome to On Your Left, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina Ames, and I use she, them pronouns. I'm Narali Shath, I use she, her pronouns, and um, we are in your uh, podcast feeds every single Wednesday of the year, mostly. I don't think we've missed a single Wednesday so far. Um, so be sure to... I don't think we missed a week. I don't know if we want to say a Wednesday. We haven't missed a week this year, which is impressive. Um, so please clap. Um, so uh, be sure to uh, follow us if you aren't already. If you're not, like, come on. Just just do it already. You're listening to us. You love us. Hit follow and share this podcast with your friends or family or... Uh, anyone really strangers on the street i mean don't go up to strangers on the street we'll be talking about that later but um anyone it's great and uh if you are one of those people that has money but doesn't want to tell everyone about the podcast you can just support us on patreon at patreon.com on your left pod leverage your financial resources to get out of feeling bad that you haven't shared the podcast recently yeah and um i mean I know I got a little bit of money from the government. And I think some of you will too. So if you want to if you want to stimulate our economic um situations, that would be nice. Yeah, my phone is breaking, so feel free to. <laughs> Please donate if you want Katrina to get a new phone. <laughs> Please do. The screen keeps flickering. It randomly turns green sometimes. I don't really know what's wrong, but it seems like replacing it is the way to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that sounds like a good plan. All right, should we should we get into the news? There's a lot today. There is a lot of news. This week is going to be one of our very rare recap episodes because a lot of the news uh, currently is things that we talk about and have talked about all the time. It's kind of nice to not have to report on a new emergency every week, though. Yeah. I mean, we are going to be talking about a little bit of news later on, but um, it's mostly stuff we've already discussed, so. Yeah. Starting with COVID updates, because this week was the anniversary of the World Health Organization's declaring a global pandemic. It was also the one-year anniversary of me stopping into work to pick up something I left there the day before because we were going to be closed for two weeks. Yeah, um, it's the the one-year anniversary of me leaving Nutrigrain bars in the office that are still probably sitting in my drawer. So, you're in my thoughts, Nutrigrain bars. Also, this really cute calendar that I didn't get to use. Ugh, the worst. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the most important things about this this anniversary, of course. Um. <laughs> what we're about to say is going to make us seem like we're really selfish for thinking of these things, but that's fine. Um, I am selfish. I've never denied that. Yeah. <laughs> um, as of this recording on March 14th, 2021, at least 500,000... 533,904 Americans have died from the coronavirus. The global death toll stands at 2.6 million. Yeah, so that means one in three Americans is grieving the loss of someone who died from COVID-19. That's a lot of people, and it is terrible. Uh, It's truly been a year where we've all undergone the same traumatic thing, which is really rare. Um, And hopefully, I mean, we'll learn lessons from it, we'll come together, we'll get put more investments in public health measures. That's the best case scenario. Uh, Worst case scenario, things just continue like this. And even though we all know someone who knows someone who died... We're just not gonna gonna react to that, and we're gonna pretend in like summer that 
everything's back to normal, and nothing bad happened, and there was no trauma. I feel like that's not possible. I feel I think too many people have been put through too much for everything to go back to normal. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be like a day when people like return to their offices or um go to like catch up with a friend that they haven't like heard from or been keeping in touch with during the pandemic. And they're going to like realize that that person isn't there anymore that they lost someone or the person that they knew is just exponentially different due to the grief that they've undergone Mm -hmm. and it's really gonna suck i mean yeah one thing i would really love is if a we could get you know, healthcare fixed, and B, if uh, therapy and mental health was included in healthcare more. Because we're going to need it. People are going to need mental health care after this. In addition to the physical health care, if they had COVID and have long COVID, or if they just have other conditions that um, have been worsened by being in a global pandemic. Um, it's all been pretty bad. There are some pieces of optimistic news. There is, like, a little bit of hope at the end of this very dark tunnel. Um, and we're not gonna mess it up. We're gonna continue to socially distance and wear masks and be safe and follow public health guidelines. Because we might be almost done with this. President Biden has announced that by May 1st, all adults in the United States will be eligible to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, that's a lot of people. And that's very soon. It's six weeks away. Oh, when you put it like that, it seems so close. It's because it is. It, it actually is very close. That's This is so good. Um... And that doesn't mean that we'll be, like, fully vaccinated on May 1st. That probably won't be happening until, like, the end of summer, where even though everyone is eligible, not everyone is going to be vaccinated immediately. Um, You know, because there will still be lines. There will still be people trying to cut in lines. uh, There will still be, like, choices being made about how to best serve underserved communities. But we all have a chance. And by the end of summer, we are hoping... If the current rate of vaccinations keep up, then everyone will be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this is very close to a very nice number. About 68.9 million people have received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. By the time this podcast goes up, maybe it will be 69 million people, which would be nice. very nice. Um including about uh, 36.9 million people who have been fully vaccinated, um, with an average of 2.54 million shots administered daily. That's amazing. Um, like, the, just to think, like, two months ago, like, I thought I would have, like, we would have to wait till December to get the vaccine. Yeah. Um. And now... It's amazing. This is great. Yeah, it is amazing what a third vaccine being available and having a national vaccination plan can do. And just like the government buying vaccines, like having, you know, just like buying more vaccines because there are more people that need them. If you are eligible to be vaccinated now, please do it. Signing up as early as you can is really the best option because you will have a better chance at getting a vaccine, getting a vaccine early. The CDC recently announced that vaccinated people can hang out in small groups. Just to clarify, that's fully vaccinated people two weeks after they've been fully vaccinated. It's just like, because some people think it's just like, oh, just the first dose, then you're good, or just the second dose, and then you're good. No, you have to wait two weeks, and then you're good. Yeah, so like... 
if, if you were lucky enough to get your vaccine today, that means in a month you could hug your friends. You could hug your grandkids. I don't know. We might have grandparents listening. I doubt it, but maybe. Uh, like, you... Imagine interacting with other households, everyone. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. I know some people are still doing it, but I don't trust them. <laughs> Me neither. There, there's, there's a lot of people I no longer trust, and that's also just something I'm gonna have to deal with after the pandemic's over. Yeah. Ah. Um, <laughs> I guess moving on to talking about people we don't trust... We have some updates about Governor Cuomo. Uh, governor Andrew Cuomo is the governor of New York, and after underreporting nursing home deaths and several allegations of sexual misconduct, ranging from harassment to just straight-up assault, Governor Cuomo still hasn't resigned and is allegedly still planning to run for a fourth term as the governor of New York in 2022, saying that he will not leave office or, and I quote, bow down to cancel culture the most bullshit sentence that has ever existed. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of people online talking about the, like, Trumpification of, of, of Cuomo and, like, the wit and how, like, his supporters are acting like Trump supporters. And you know what? They're not far off. Because they have found a hero in Governor Cuomo and refuse to believe... So many women who have come forward <laughs> to say that he has harassed them or assaulted them um, and uh, believe that he is being canceled the same way. Um, oh, God. Al Franken was was canceled and like Al Franken was not canceled. Al Franken left office because Again, he harassed women, and people are saying it's a bad thing that, that he had to resign. But it's not. It's not a bad thing when people who did bad things resign from positions of power. So there was a time when I worked on the Gillibrand campaign, and her name has been trending a lot recently with this news. Uh, not because of what she did, but because people love blaming women for the behavior of men. And to see so many women, uh, whether they be part of the New York State Assembly or the senator from New York, or the people who were harassed or assaulted, um, continually get their names dragged through the mud in this for the sake of protecting a man in his 60s who should know better has been a real ride and has really helped uh, over the years. This has really helped inform me of who I can trust who I should be left alone in a room with, which is basically no men at this point. What the fuck, guys? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm just constantly filled with anger and fear and dread. And that's fun. That's fun. I love being perceived as a woman. It's great. <laughs> Especially because you're not one. I'm not. <sighs> but the misogyny runs deep. So I somewhat understand where people are coming from in that they're like, this is a Democratic governor, and we, like, fought so hard to get Joe Biden in power and fought so hard to get Democrats in power. But A, this is New York. The likelihood that we'll have that New York will have a Republican governor if Cuomo resigns is extremely low, for one. And two, we should still hold Democrats accountable just because they're marginally on our side doesn't mean crap when you're excusing sexual harassment. Uh, yeah, it's it's not the best look. And if he resigned, the person that would become the governor, at least interim, would be the lieutenant governor of New York, which is currently a woman called named Kathy Hochul, uh, who has not made several statements. But if she were to be promoted to governor, she would be the first female governor in the whole state's history. You know, that liberal bastion of New York, which has not been a fan of the woman it's elected traditionally. <sighs> yeah. So, um, 
one good thing is that, like, when we were last talking about this, um, very few people had called on Cuomo to resign. That's changed. Um, both of the senators from New York, one of whom is Chuck Schumer, um, and most of New York's congressional Democrats have called for Governor Cuomo's resignation, which is good um, because, you know, we should hold people in power accountable for the things they do. And this is the Democratic Party's attempt to do that. Um, no one can force him to resign, and uh, there is still an investigation ongoing. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see at this point. And the investigation can continue even if he does resign. That is well within the rights of uh, the Attorney General to continue to investigate this if he resigns and is no longer in power. So yeah, it's one of those wait-and-see situations, but um, these updates are just bleak. Should we talk about some good updates? Yeah, yeah, let's let's talk about some good updates. Uh, as you might remember, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, we talked about the American Rescue Plan, a bill that was proposed as Biden's first really big spending bill with a price tag of one9 trillion dollars and we did it yay it passed it It went through and it oh man we're gonna get our one our fourteen hundred dollar checks yeah (laughs) um look this is gonna be like the most immediate effect that everyone's going to see some people have already received their stimulus checks but this bill includes a ton like way more than we're gonna talk about because quite frankly a $1.9 trillion bill has a lot of parts to it, and I don't care about all of them. Yeah, but, but we are talking about a lot of it. A lot of it. And I think the most important thing that everyone should know is that an, analy- an independent analysis from Columbia University found that the American Rescue Plan will lift more than 5 million children out of poverty this year, cutting the poverty rate by 50%. And as a kid that grew up in poverty, it sucked. I am so glad that millions of children will not have to worry about where their next meal will come from if they will be evicted at the end of the month and if they will be able to just survive because that is completely unacceptable for anyone to go through, much less a child. Yeah. Um, So one way that... uh... The, the stimulus package is going to help lift children out of poverty is through the stimulus checks. So if you're making under 75 grand and you are an independent adult, you're going to make you're going to get fourteen hundred dollars. If you're a couple making under one hundred and fifty thousand dollars without any dependents, you are going to get fourteen hundred per person. If you have dependents, including adult children, which is an important thing to note, um, you're going to get an additional fourteen hundred per dependent, which is huge. That is immediate help. It is money with no strings attached, and that's really good because people know what they need to spend their money on. Uh, personally. I haven't gotten my stimulus check yet, but I did celebrate by ordering cheesecake because it's patriotic to spend your stimulus money and stimulate the economy. I'm probably going to use the rest on like rent or something boring, but still. Um, I, uh, so my, my stimulus, my, my $600 stimulus, uh, came in the form of a, a debit card, which was interesting and didn't at all feel like a scam. Um, I tried using it the other day to purchase um, a vinyl from an artist uh, you might have heard of named Taylor Swift. Uh, Didn't work on the independent um, record store's website, but I will use it for something else. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) One other really big help. Uh, to lifting children out of poverty is the unemployment provisions um, for 
there's going to be emergency provisions expanding unemployment insurance benefits that were going to lapse today on March 14th when we're recording. And they're now going to be extended to September 6th, which means people who lost their jobs during the pandemic, which is millions of people, (laughs) will continue to be able to get unemployment insurance. Freelancers, gig workers, and independent contractors are all also eligible for these expanded benefits when they usually aren't covered under unemployment insurance at all due to some stuff that we did in the past. Uh, America. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And the first $10.2,000 in unemployment income from 2020 will not be taxed. Which is which is also very good. Yeah. Unemployment um, shouldn't be taxed, but that's a different problem. Yeah, like why are we taxing money that came from the go oh god. I just I don't get it. Um but since we have historically been able to screw over freelancers and gig workers and independent contractors so much, this is a great thing. Um Also, uh, September 6th is, like, a pretty cool date. Or, like, this expansion to September is pretty cool because, um, according to the vaccination schedule, every adult should be vaccinated by then. At least partially. Yeah. So, like, that's great. That will really help provide for people, um really help people just stay on their feet as we're going through a really tough time right now um and hopefully hopefully this means that we won't have to fight for another bill like this in september hopefully this is long enough that some industries will actually begin to pick up again because a lot of industries just shut down completely uh, due to the pandemic. I don't know. I think see all of the arts. All of the arts, hotels, several restaurants, a lot of jobs that only women are employed in. Um, you know, I could go on. Yeah. But uh, hopefully this means that these industries will be able to pick up again. Uh, will be able to employ people again. And that nobody needs to needlessly suffer for things that are completely out of their control. Also, something that will massively help uh, kids not live in poverty is the expansion to the already existing child tax credit for families with children by up to $1,600 per child from 2000 to three thousand six hundred dollars per child under the age of six and then thirty four hundred per child under the age of 18 which uh the families of more than 66 million children will benefit um which means quite a bit less worry for parents who are trying to figure out how to feed their kids this is huge uh this is really really going to help so many families uh especially with a real focus because of how this tax credit works on a low income and middle class families who need the money uh particularly when i depended on school breakfasts and lunches for a majority of my nutrition growing up and that's not super available right now so these tax credits will really help families now it will help uh these kids, you know, just be able to grow up in safety and security by just a very relatively small tax credit. Yeah. Um, God, so many kids are just... I mean, the fact that children had to worry about whether they were going to eat or not for pretty much all of American history up until now... And even now, it's just so ridiculous yeah. and disappointing. And this this is the bare minimum we can do, but at least we're doing it finally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
However, one thing we didn't have for all of American history was uh, COVID vaccines. Um, and they, the American Rescue Plan is providing $14 billion for vaccines, uh, which will help scale up the vaccine capacity, the ability for people to get vaccinated. $49 billion uh, is going into testing, contact tracing, and this is really important, genomic sentencing. And genomic sequencing, which is really important to track new variants and monitor COVID-19 to better prevent its spread and also just understand it better um, so that we can treat it better. It also provides $7.6 billion to hire 100,000 public health workers to administer vaccines and support the pandemic response. I've seen a bunch of job listings for um, Javits Center in Manhattan. Um for like data entry jobs, for a lot of jobs, because they need people to help get the whole population vaccinated. So, I mean, if you're looking for work right now, look into this because you can make money and get vaccinated because if you're working at a vaccine site, you have to get vaccinated and also help people get vaccinated and help end this pandemic. Yeah. Overall, just a lot of good things are happening. Um, this is really the part of the bill that a lot of people are latching onto along with the stimulus checks because it's things that we all know we need and that we can see immediately. Um, and yeah, I'm glad that we're spending more on testing and contact tracing and vaccinating our people because we have a fairly bad pandemic response, which is why... Oh, actually, let me scroll up to Chuck. <clears throat> Which is why about a know, fifth of all deaths in the world from coronavirus come from America. We um. just... I just want my people to stop dying. Uh, and yeah. this will help. This will help so much. The American Rescue Plan also has what... I think is a very exciting provision, but most people do not care about, uh, and that <laughs> is it provides $360 billion in direct, flexible aid to every state, county, and municipal government to help cover increased costs and lost revenues due to the pandemic, while keeping essential public workers on the job and maintaining crucial services for residents. Um, I think that's really exciting. I think that my public health uh, officials should be able to keep their jobs throughout the pandemic. I think that I would really love it if my local government could continue to spend money on public transportation uh, and that my state government could continue to fix the roads and bridges and help us not die. That'd be real cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this also includes something I know you're interested in, uh, which is a ten billion dollars, which is ten billion dollars to expand broadband internet access. Yeah, this is really this is really important right now, especially because of the amount of people working from home, and having to learn from home, having to go to Zoom school, because a lot of kids, especially in rural areas, don't have internet access or don't have good internet access, even if they do have internet access, and are losing out on their education because of it, or people aren't able to work because of it. And that is not good. I think, like, I'm of the belief that internet is should be considered a right by now, because it's just used so much and is a necessity in so many situations. Um... Everyone should have internet access, and this is huge and great. We use the internet like it's a public utility, but we do not treat the internet like it is a public utility, uh, even though at this point it is vital to our society. Yep. So I'm glad we're helping with that. I think these next two things are, like, two of the best things to come out of this. Um which is uh, healthcare-wise, uh, if 
you are a lower or middle income family, you're not going to have health insurance premiums. <laughs> or you're going to have significantly lower health insurance premiums in um, the health insurance marketplace. It's really exciting. Um, I think this provision also covers all like COBRA payments for the rest of the year, which is like the health insurance you get if you lose your job. You can just pay for it out of pocket instead of your job paying for it. But this is huge. Um, healthcare in this country is a catastrophe and making it so that we don't have like high health insurance premiums and these health insurance companies can't rip us off uh, while they're competing for each other for providing subpar service at high rates uh, that, that we just get to survive and get access to healthcare because it's a global pandemic and we should have access to healthcare. Yeah, I have a friend who has had a bump on her head for many months. Um, it's very concerning, and she finally went to the doctor, or she tried to go to the doctor, and the doctor's office had shut down and no one had told her. And then she had to, and then she found a new doctor. The, but the place the doctor's office was at, like the building, wasn't under her insurance, even though the doctor was in network. So the building charged her somehow through insurance. Insurance is broken, basically. Um, and this will help with that. Yeah, this does not appear to be a system that works. No, no. It, this is just like the most recent example I have of just what, what... <laughs> What is America? Why is America? Um, but yeah, I think the last one is very exciting for you and me. But you have talked about this a lot. So this is a small thing. So this is about student debt. Student debt is not getting canceled in this bill. I'm very sorry. But if student debt gets canceled before 2026, because of the American Rescue Plan, you will not be taxed on that cancellation like you would be if this were, say, I don't know, a gift of $30,000 uh, to pay off your student loans. So this is an opening to put more pressure on legislators and the current administration to act to cancel student debt so I am not paying it off for the rest of my life. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, that would be amazing. I mean, we should get student debt canceled, and this is... I love that the, that the progressives snuck this in. Yeah, it's, it's like, such a small thing. If, if like, we know, we know we're not going to cancel student debt, but, like, can we say... Can we just say that if student debt is canceled? Maybe, probably not. We know probably not. But if it is, can we not be taxed on it? Great, thanks, bye. <laughs> It's just such a, it's such a, like, small thing in this massive bill, but it, or not bill anymore. Um, but it's going to help a lot opening. of people. It, it's going to help a lot of people if we get student debt canceled, which is a possibility. It's so popular and can happen. Yeah. I believe in this, us. This gives us room to work and room to organize, and I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just about everything we have for the American Rescue Plan for this episode. So that we had, uh, you want to talk about one piece of international news this week. What is it? Um, so, uh, this is a really interesting case. It's the case of Sarah Everard, um, who was a 33-year-old woman in, living in London. Um, she, uh, vanished while walking home from a friend's flat in South London on March 3rd. She had called her boyfriend to let him know she was on her way home. Um, and she disappeared. Uh, her body was then found hidden in a builder's bag in an area uh, of woodland in Ashford, Kent, which is not close to London. Um, and she was identified through the use of dental records and um, a metropolitan police officer was charged with her kidnapping and murder. So a police officer saw a woman, 
in bright clothes, walking home in in the night. Uh, she also took a uh, a route a longer route with more street lighting to be safe. Um, and he kidnapped her and murdered her. That's what happened. Um, so, uh, a vigil was held for her in London and it ended in clashes with the police. This is after the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan had already signed off on this vigil and specifically requested that the police handle it sensitively um the planned vigil was meant to be uh like safe regarding pandemic rules and everyone was going to be standing six feet apart and just they were going to be safe about it um and according to the guardian under current lockdown rules organizers uh acted impeccably they offered to work with the police to ensure that the planned one-hour vigil was calm and socially distanced, complete with volunteers, so that public safety would be self-policed. Everyone would just, like, the, the volunteers would run the show, basically. And, yeah, it ended up violent. And there are now calls of defund the police and all cops are bastards in the vigil turned protest and everyone is now reeling from this in london so there were several viral videos that were associated with this news that come out and a lot of the ones i saw were just a bunch of white women kneeling with candles before police just kind of run up to them and throw them to the ground yep and I, yep i just it is very shocking to see it is like worrying to see because i think all of the officers seem to know that they are on camera because then they face the cameras and block those women from sight um i saw that repeatedly throughout these videos and i don't know to attack a bunch of white women on camera seems like a lot yeah it's like because because like the actions of the police i feel like for both of us aren't very shocking the actions of the police to these peaceful white ladies is quite it's quite shocking um like if they're not safe who is <laughs> exactly um and and it it should be noted that sarah everard was a white woman in her 30s and was very you know conventionally pretty by the pictures i've seen of her like and this happened to her and yeah, um, this is just extremely, it, I, I think it's extremely important that we talk about this case specifically because, um, A, women, uh, deserve not to be harassed for, and followed and, you know, of course, kidnapped and murdered just for existing, and B, she followed all of the rules. She followed every single safety thing, uh, we are taught when we are young to do if you are walking around at night you go you walk in a well-lighted area you wear bright clothes you call someone and let them know that you're on your way home you you do all of those things to protect yourself and that didn't help it's just like it's terrible uh, it's terrible that a police officer did this to people that he was supposed to be protecting. Nobody should have to go through this. And it stinks that we spent our whole lives learning the rules to, like, not get kidnapped and not get raped and not get murdered by strangers. Um, and according to studies uh, in the U.S., uh, between 24 and 40 percent of uh, families of police officers reported incidents of domestic violence and subsequent studies have suggested rates of officer-involved domestic violence range somewhere from 4 to 28%. So it's about the same as the general public. But they should be called to be better if they're going to serve our communities in any way. Public servants should be unapproachable with this kind of bullshit. It's terrible, and you should not be 
in charge of enforcing laws if you just blatantly ignore them. Because this isn't like some jaywalking stuff. This is very violent acts of crime that is obviously a crime to everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, this... This is also just made clear to me that, like, even in other parts of the world, the police are more interesting, Im- interested in protecting each other than the people. They are more interested in in the, the title of police, in the name and the honor that comes with the idea of police than actually helping people. And that is why policing is such a broken system and that is why we say all cops are bastards it's because when push comes to shove when a an innocent white lady is brutally murdered they will still side with the guy who murdered her because he was a cop yeah (laughs) look um this is all awful and like it isn't just when black people are murdered, it's when anyone is murdered by the police, they'll protect each other over over the people they're supposed to, are sworn to protect. Yeah, uh, in the United States, it was also the one year anniversary of the murder of Breonna Taylor, who was murdered in her own home while she was taking a nap uh, when police raided her home mistakenly uh, mistakenly raided her home. And none of the police officers that killed Brianna Taylor were charged with the crime, but her boyfriend was for failing at what he believed were home invaders who were shooting at him and his sleeping girlfriend. So, the police kind of suck everywhere. (sighs) Yeah, where were the gun rights? Where were the gun rights activists for Breonna Taylor's boyfriend? Right. Um, like that, their well, whole thing is like, well, I need to protect my family, so I need a gun. Yeah. Guess not when no. they're black. Yeah, it's just it's disappointing and horrible and honestly just awful. Um, so look, we've we've talked a lot uh, in this episode about violence against women. We've run in some police violence to it. We got a brief break of good news and that was that was all nice. So here's here's how we can act. Um first up, just believe people when they say they've been harassed or when they say they've been tr- attacked. Just generally when people say very serious things and accusations, you should listen to them and Believe them and see what you can do to help them because you are a good person who wants to be a good community member to everyone in your community and protect the vulnerable people in your life. Yeah. Um, just be there for, for people. Um, I don't think I know a single person who has been, who was assigned female at birth who hasn't been harassed. I don't know a single trans woman who hasn't been harassed. I there are very few people other than cis men that I know who have never been harassed on the street, if not worse. Um so believe them and um if you're a cis guy and you're listening to this and you're like how do I help? Um if you're hanging out with your female friends, I mean Obviously, don't go out right now, but if you're at a bar drinking um, and, you know, it's getting late and your your friend wants to go home, walk her home. Just walk her home. It's so much safer. Just, like, be there for the people, for people around you. Yeah. And, like, also, when you're in, like, a men-only space... Talk to your friends about, like, domestic violence. Talk to your friends about violence against women. Talk to your friends about what we can all do to help because men who don't believe women when they're attacked, uh, men who think violence against women is funny or fake or they're just telling a story, 
don't listen to women about these issues. So it's really on you. Yeah. God, it sucks. But do what you can. Some other things you can do to act with some of the things we've talked about uh, in this episode is over the past year with the pandemic, there has been an explosion of mutual aid groups all over the country in response to some communities being left behind during the pandemic. So if you have the money, uh, if, say, you didn't need your full stimulus check, for example, uh, now's a great time to donate to your local mutual aid group. That could do a lot of good for a lot of people in your community who maybe need the help more. Yeah. Mutual aid groups are so important and do so much good. Um, donate to one. You can also donate to food banks who do very similar work. You know, there are so many, so many places you can donate that really need the money. Um, and it's very important. And, um, lastly, uh... All of the things we've told you to do every every single episode of this podcast ever since this pandemic began. Um, wear a mask. Wear two masks. D- socially distant. Don't go out if you don't have to. And also, get vaccinated if you can. That sure is a list of things that you have to do. Um, yeah, Just, you know, care about people. Take the safety precautions that public health officials are telling you to take. Um, and hopefully we'll all do it and we will all get out of this alive and together. Yeah. Um, I do. I just want to note that getting vaccinated isn't just protecting yourself. It's also protecting the people around you. Um, because if you don't have the virus, it's very difficult for you to spread it to others. So, yeah. Currently, teachers and school staff are now eligible to get the vaccine pretty much all over the country. Um, And that's really exciting as a person with a child in their life because I don't want my brother to get sick from going to school, but he is not old enough to get vaccinated. They have not tested the vaccines on these age groups, so I need every adult that interacts with him to get vaccinated. Yep. Very important that that happens. All right. Um, Should we talk about some good things? Yeah, there's there's been quite a few good things. Yeah. So, like, we already talked about this, but the American Rescue Plan passed, and this is a huge win. We all deserve to celebrate, and we should and we should continue to inform people of why the American Rescue Plan is so great, and why the things in it are great, and helping your communities, and good. And I don't know, maybe talk about how no Republicans voted for it, and they don't deserve to keep their seats or campaign on it, as I saw one congresswoman yes. who voted against it trying to do. I saw that they too. She was like, the bipartisan rescue plan that I I helped with. It's like, no, no, shut up. Uh, we can see your voting <laughs> records. Don't lie about this. Okay. This is the good news segment. No more no more negativity. Okay. The second celebration. The second bit of good news is um uh that a nine-year-old girl is now a Grammy winner. Her name is Blue Ivy Carter. She is the daughter of Beyonce Knowles Carter and Jay-Z. Um, and she won. Uh, she is a Grammy Award winner because she was featured in Beyonce's music video for Brown Skinned Girl, uh, which is a really beautiful music video celebrating um, diversity and celebrating... Um, dark-skinned girls because uh uh the world is very colorist extremely colorist against people with dark skin um it's a really beautiful song um really beautiful video uh highly recommend you watch it and now a nine-year-old kid is a grammy winner that's so cool and our last piece of good news the project for awesome winners were announced the online community of Nerdfighteria and just the general YouTube community that Norelli and I both belong to raised $2.3 million for charity, and the money will be split between 32 different charities in grants that the community voted on um, mm-hmm. for 30 of them. And all of the money from the first half of the product for Awesome will be going to Partners in Health and Save the Children, which was well over a million dollars to two excellent charities yeah 
Um, and the charity you made a video for is also getting some money, which is super cool. Yes. One extra good thing is that I won. Uh, I take full credit for Planned Parenthood getting a project for Awesome Grant. I was the only person to make a video for them this year. I have never won the project for Awesome in all my years of trying to make a video that helps a charity get money. I take full credit or, As you and should. or responsibility. As you should. Good job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... My my charity did not win. I was not expecting it to win. It's a very small charity, but um, it was really amazing to participate this year, especially because it was the biggest year for Project for Awesome. We raised the most money ever. It's It was just beautiful. Um, and lastly, we have some mango facts. Well, fact. <laughs> <laughs> Our mango fact of this week is that the new board of officers for the National Mango Board were elected, and somehow we are still not a part of it, which I think is a travesty. Yeah. I, um, if you want a bonus mango fact, my neighbor just gave me a mango the other day, just cause. So I cut it and I put some spices on it and ate it and it was very good. Happy mango season. Yay. <sighs> See, Mango Board, really we should be on this board. We so absolutely help encourage the eating and purchasing of mangoes oh man we really do don't we we really do and it's not just because we're south asian we really love them we do we do we are walking stereotypes in this one instance and it's so pure it's so lovely. i mean we're also not great drivers so like no. we're gay At yeah a we're, we're gay and Asian, and we're not great drivers. So, you know, at least give us the recognition for mangoes. Give us that. <laughs> I should probably okay. cut all of this out. <laughs> no, leave it in, leave it in. Um, oh, man. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to this podcast. If you want to hang out with us all throughout the week, you can find me online at Katrina Ames on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. Narali, where can we find you? You can find me at Firewood Sparkler on all of the things as well. YouTube, Twitch, um, occasionally TikTok, Twitter, definitely Twitter, mostly Twitter. Um, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod if you want to give us some of that stimmy money. And um, you can also find us on bookshop.org slash shop slash onyourleftpod if you want to buy some books with that stimulus money and educate yourself or entertain yourself um and also uh you'll be helping support us which is great this has been the on your left pod all about our pandemic anniversary updates and like five other things <laughs> <laughs>